section sixty nine of final report of the advisory committee on human radiation experiments this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. final report of the advisory committee on human radiation experiments case studies chapter thirteen part five the records of our past the story that we have told in this report could not have been told if the government did not keep records that could be retrieved by the same token the story is often disturbingly fragmentary seemingly contradictory statements of principle or policy abound and the trail from policy to practice is often hard to discern the story is complex but it is also hard to reconstruct because notwithstanding considerable search efforts of the human radiation interagency working group many documents appear to have been long since lost or destroyed in each case we emphasize any loss or destruction took place prior most often many years prior to the advisory committee's creation federal records management law provides for the routine destruction of older records and in the great majority of cases it should be assumed that loss or destruction was a function of normal record-keeping practices at the same time however the records that recorded the destruction of documents including secret documents have themselves often been lost or destroyed thus the circumstances of destruction and indeed whether documents were destroyed or simply lost is often hard to ascertain as shields warren and alan gregg suggested where human research is connected to secret programs the public has a special interest in the adequacy of record-keeping needed to ensure the integrity of experimental activity regardless of whether documents that cannot now be retrieved contained further secrets they would have provided more confidence in our understanding of the rules and practices that governed the boundary between openness and secrecy in too many cases however documents are no longer available a number of such examples follow the cia virtually all of whose records are classified reported that it was unable to retrieve any records of its participation in the mid-century dod panels that met in secret to discuss among other things human experiments in addition the cia's classified records of its secret mk ultra human experimentation program were as reported when the program became a public scandal in the nineteen seventies substantially destroyed at the direction of then director of central intelligence richard helms in nineteen seventy three in nineteen ninety five the cia concluded following a search for remaining records and interviews of those involved that it did not likely conduct or sponsor human radiation experiments as a part of mk ultra the advisory committee which was necessarily limited in its abilities to directly review cia files did not find evidence to the contrary as a cia report on its own inquiry which was declassified at the advisory committee's request concluded the circumstances of the cia's mk ultra record-keeping will likely leave questions in the public's mind the dod provided many documents that shed light on the rules of secrecy however some important collections are incomplete and other important collections 
such as the records of the naval radiological defense laboratory the medical division of the defense nuclear agency classified records of the navy bureau of medicine relating to operation crossroads physical exams and entire sections of records of the army surgeon general appear to have been substantially lost or destroyed the doe could locate only fragments of the records of the insurance and declassification branches which reviewed human subject research for declassification the entirety of the files of the aec intelligence division which likely contained information on intentional releases research performed by the aec for other agencies and secret policy and practices was subject to purge in the nineteen seventies and as late as nineteen eighty nine many other significant collections were retrieved however there were often gaps including for example multi-year gaps in the division of biology and medicine fallout collection gaps in the transcripts from the meetings of the advisory committee on biology and medicine and limited collections relating to the work of the isotope distribution divisions human use subcommittee the dhhs was able to locate sufficient information to confirm that it conducted classified research on behalf of the military mission but could not locate information needed to determine the nature and extent of this research the classified information it once maintained has been substantially destroyed or lost the va similarly was able to provide fragments of information that show that confidential files were kept in anticipation of potential radiation liability claims however neither the va nor the doe and dod who evidently were parties to this secret record-keeping have been able to determine exactly what secret records were kept and what rules governed their collection and availability va publications did contain lists of several thousand non-classified human experiments conducted at va facilities however the information was quite fragmentary and further information could not be readily retrieved if it still exists on the vast majority of these experiments thus in looking for answers to questions about the secrecy of data on human experiments and intentional releases we find record-keeping practices that leave questions about both what secrets were kept and what rules governed the keeping of secrets conclusion openness the public sharing of all information necessary to govern has long been an ideal in american democracy and politics scientists also have traditionally embraced openness as the surest guarantee of continued progress however the ideal of openness has often competed of necessity with some measure of government-imposed secrecy this has been particularly the case in a time of national emergency such as war but secrecy existed even at the roots of our democracy the constitutional convention itself was conducted out of the public eye in the earliest part of this century president woodrow wilson called for open covenants openly arrived at seeking to shed light upon an area international diplomacy traditionally shrouded in secrecy in the half-century since the end of world war ii with the growing importance of science and technology in our lives the proper place of secrecy at the intersection of government 
private enterprise and research has emerged as a question of central and continuing importance to society we have focused upon only one of many cold war settings where secrecy was often a routine consideration but human radiation experiments and intentional releases of radiation were often closely related to if not directly a part of some of the most closely held of secrets including most notably nuclear weapons design and testing the episodes we reviewed reveal the tensions underlying the necessarily delicate balance between openness and secrecy we found that from the onset leading government biomedical officials and advisers were aware of the costs of secrecy and proclaimed the need to limit its reach in one important respect these officials and researchers lived up to their publicly stated ideals since about mid-century there have been very few instances in which the very existence of human subject radiation research has been officially classified none the less we also found that practices often fell short of the ideals that were publicly expressed we found that decision-making related to the secrecy of human subject research considered not only national security but also other criteria at its birth in nineteen forty seven the aec determined to keep manhattan project experiments secret on the basis of concern for adverse effects on public opinion and possible legal suits even where national security itself was not expressly invoked more generally we also found that decisions to keep information secret were often accompanied by a concern that the public might not understand the information and thus overreact or that the public would understand the information but that its immediate reaction could undermine support for programs deemed essential by policymakers significantly we found that aec and dod discussions of cold war human research policy were themselves conducted outside the realm of public debate for example the nineteen forty seven aec declarations of requirements for human research involving patients were evidently given minimal distribution within the aec research community itself recently retrieved documents now show that in nineteen forty seven the requirement of informed consent was itself invoked in secret by the aec's medical board of review in response to the request for criteria that had to be met when secret experiments could be declassified and evidently thereafter relied on to keep some experiments secret similarly the discussions underlying the nineteen fifty three memorandum by secretary of defense charles wilson concerning human experiments done under dod auspices were themselves secret as of course was the wilson memorandum itself even if there is clear and public consensus on what constitutes national security its application to the classification of particular information may be a matter of disagreement in addition in some cases the boundary between protecting the nation's security and simply avoiding the potential of adverse public reaction may not be so clear for example in an intense national crisis the release of information that might jeopardize successful resolution of the crisis should properly be proscribed but it is also clear that the assertion that programs will be jeopardized because of embarrassment or potential legal liability or worse because of a lack of confidence in the american public's ability to understand 
can be used to limit disclosure of precisely those matters that most affect us all and that would most benefit from informed public discussion if the boundary between openness and secrecy is inherently ambiguous the public trust in those who define it on a daily basis requires a clear explanation of the principles that they will follow however we found that some of the basic principles and rules by which this boundary was defined were themselves kept secret from the public aec officials in consultation with biomedical advisers internally invoked public relations and legal liability as basis for keeping secrets while publicly declaring that secrecy should be limited to national security requirements as a corollary we found that where formal criteria for classification were not established secrecy was none the less achieved by other informal means thus at mid-century participants in discussions of defense-related biomedical research were told that while the information in question was not itself classified it should none the less be kept from the press and public since nineteen fifty one presidential executive orders have limited the use of classification stamps to matters of national security Nonetheless, the keeping of secrets with reference to ill-defined reasons, such as public relations, continued. Indeed, as recently as the early 1970s, adverse public relations was reportedly invoked as a reason for keeping secret details of the plutonium injections of the 1940s. In some cases, as we look back, the public relations rationale for secrecy appears to be more clearly documented than any national security rationale. For example, we found that in the early 1950s, public relations was an express consideration in keeping secrets related to fallout-related human tissue sampling. But we found it more difficult to locate contemporaneous documentation of national security rationales and in 1995, surviving participants found it hard to reconstruct one as well. We also found instances where the keeping of secrets was accompanied by deception. The shades of deception ranged from outright denials by the AEC that it engaged in human experimentation, to the use of cover stories in the collection of human tissue, to incomplete information deliberately given participants in government-sponsored biomedical research in some such cases such as the use of a cover story in collecting the bones of stillborn infants those involved rationalized that since partial truths were being told active deceit was not involved in others a rationalization for deception was a desire not to alarm exposed workers or the public in yet others such as the aec's denial that it sponsored human experiments when its isotopes division publicly advertised the success of human subject research the rationale is hard to discern in retrospect in many cases of course some degree of secrecy was merited we found that where secrecy was initially justified by reasons relating to national security the classifying authority often gave too little attention to the likelihood that there would come a time when such information was no longer sensitive immediately prior to the aec's creation the tolman committee pointed out that in the long run which that committee identified in terms of years not decades the nation's interest lies in the disclosure of information that needs to be kept secret over the shorter term 
yet the practical reality was that once information was born secret it often simply remained that way similarly we found that where a national security rationale for secrecy did exist adequate attention was often not paid to ensuring that sufficient records would be created and maintained so that all affected individuals and the public at large could later know the possible health and safety consequences as a result downwinders as well as knowing participants in nuclear tests today wonder whether the information given them represents the full story of these events indeed as we reported in chapter eleven the number of once secret intentional releases that are publicly known burgeoned from the thirteen reported by the general accounting office in late nineteen ninety three to the far greater number reported by the dod and doe following their more recent search when as we reported in chapter ten there is evidence that government officials contemplated and may have kept secret records to evaluate potential claims from service personnel exposed to government-sponsored radiation risk the public has a right to expect that the government can readily and unambiguously account for any record-keeping that may have taken place its inability to do so is very troubling finally we found that confusion misunderstanding and controversy still characterize public understanding of issues at the core of the committee's work for example what is the nature of the risk from radiation and to what extent can government statements about human radiation experiments and intentional releases be trusted it is important to reflect on the ways in which this state of affairs may in part be a consequence of past secret keeping in testimony before the advisory committee numerous witnesses expressed a common feeling that the government did not give adequate weight to the interests of an informed public secrets some said were kept from the american public not the enemy even where information may have been rightly classified in the first instance many pointed out that there is no longer any reason for the absence of documents that provide a clear and full accounting to all those who were put at risk there are too many cases where we can give no comforting answer to these angry voices however by paying heed to these voices and by trying to understand the past they point to we may more readily find our path into the future perhaps the first step in this direction is a simple recognition that the proper boundary between openness and secrecy will not be immediately obvious in all cases many cases will not only require judgment but also the will to avoid the temptation to keep secrets because the benefits of secrecy may be immediate while the costs are longer term a second step is to understand that where secrecy is truly merited and citizens are put at risk there must also be precautions to ensure that a timely public accounting will be possible when the information need no longer be kept secret as the cold war recedes further into history the issues of secrecy and openness it posed will undoubtedly continue to present themselves although often in new settings our review of the past provides the basis for some specific recommendations about the future but it also points to a more fundamental understanding of the wisdom of those leaders of the day who identified the long-term costs of secrecy and called for policies to minimize them 
the shortcomings of past policies and actions confirm that even when principles are articulated by well-intentioned officials the translation of principles into practice is not automatic and warrants careful attention by the public at the same time the present-day legacy of distrust confirms that too much secrecy in the short term will in the long run erode the public's trust in government and the government's ability to keep the secrets that must be kept End of section 69